Hello, I'm your host, Mr. Chuck, a retired accountant turned truck driver. I reduced my debt in a relatively short period of time. Debt reduction to achieve financial freedom takes commitment, confidence, determination. Budget categories. What categories should you be using in your budget and percentages? When I talk about percentages, that's a percent of your income related to that particular expense. So when I say your housing should not exceed 43%, I'm saying that if you take your income and you multiply it by 43%, if you go over that dollar amount, you're probably in trouble. Why 43%? 43% is the number that creditors are looking at when they are determining whether or not to give you a loan. Whether it's a loan for a mortgage or a line of credit against your home that you already have a mortgage on, or if you just want to go out and buy a car, whether new or used. If your housing cost exceeds 43%, it may be difficult for you to acquire another loan, no matter what it's for. Now let's get back to uh, categories. Categories, I've seen people set up every single expense as a separate category. No. What we're doing here is a category is a grouping of expenses related to that particular category. So let's say housing. Housing is a generally general category, which would include rent if you're renting, your mortgage payment, If the mortgage payment does not have the real estate taxes and the home insurance, so real estate taxes and the home insurance would be included under housing because it's all related to the housing. Utilities, whether it's natural gas, electricity, internet, water and sewer. I can't think of anything else, but that's the majority of them. All those expenses are grouped under housing. You can group telephone, cable, satellite, furnishing appliances, lawn and garden, maintenance supplies, improvements. All those expenses related to the home, it would fall under housing. So what you're doing here, we're grouping all that together we're then getting a total for your housing and come up with a number. And that number needs to be less than 43% of your income. Now that would be your gross income before taxes, before your retirement is withdrawn and before any health insurance is paid out. Now when a lender is looking at that, They're only going to look at, they're going to ask you a couple questions. What's your income? How much is your mortgage? And then they're going to determine that percentage. 
as long as you're below 43%, they're going to be happy. The closer to it is, the less likely they're going to be wanting to give you the loan. So that's why it's important for a budget. Let's go over some other reasons for a budget. Even if you keep track of your income and expenses, a budget's still an important thing to have for a couple of reasons. The most obvious reason to make a budget is so you never caught off guard with more bills than money throughout the month, especially towards the end of the month or right before you get paid. However, even if you're already doing an excellent job of not overspending during the month, keeping a budget can still provide long-term data regarding your spending habits. It can serve as a snapshot of your priorities. Not only can this help you plan for even longer-term purposes like retirement, but it can inform you of expenditure truly make you happy and which ones would leave you by the wayside. I don't really agree with all that, but that's what the article said. This is from the article from credit.com, 12 top budget categories you need in your plan. And when they say plan, they're talking about a budget. And the number one category is housing expenses, which we already talked about. They're saying number two category is utilities, which we have already included under housing. Electricity, water, telephone, natural gas, sewer, trash, heating, air conditioning. I don't know why heating and air conditioning, because that is powered by either natural gas or electricity, or there may be the referring to repairs of those uh, of your furnace or your AC. Then the number two is transportation. Transportation is everything you spend. It'd be if you have one or two automobiles, you would keep track of auto bill number one, auto bill number, auto number two. Your vehicle payments, your insurance, your fuel, repairs, registrations, and license. And other, if anything, other falls into that that's not included in the above expenses. And you want to keep track of that by each automobile separately so you can know which one is costing you more money and which one maybe should be replaced. The overall percentage for your automobile should be around 12% of your income. Also, transportation also includes bus, taxi, train fare, which also includes Lyft or Uber cost. If you live in a big city, you don't own a home, then the bus, taxi, and train fare would be your major transportation cost. If you live out in the country, maybe you don't ever take a taxi, train, or bus, or Uber, maybe occasionally when you need to get home safely. My next category from the article is food, which I have as daily living expenses. And under daily living expenses, that's my overall category. I have groceries, personal supplies, Personal supplies is like shampoo, soap, 
things that you buy for your personal self. Clothing is a separate cleaning supplies, education lessons. If you have children, maybe they're taking music lessons or something like that. Dining and eating out, salon barber, pet food, pet-related expenses. I call that daily living expenses. And then another category is entertainment. You put yourself on a budget You don't want to deny yourself too much stuff. So if you include entertainment in your budget, whatever you enjoy doing is what you should put in there. Whether it's hobby or media or games or books or outdoor recreation or sports or maybe gym membership, stuff like that would go under entertainment. Then miscellaneous is any expense that you may have that's not anywhere else. Bank fees, postage, gifts, uh, charitable donation, religious donation, newspaper, magazines, dues, and memberships. And wherever, whatever else falls into that. Now I know I hadn't been giving you percentages, so we're going to go back over that here in a second. I'm going to talk about the percentage of your income related to that particular expense. Now, for a lot of you, you already have expenses. Maybe you already bought a home. Maybe you already have car payments, stuff like that. So it's the actual money that you're spending is what you need to find out. You need to do the budget, put in the numbers and figure out what percentage of my income am I spending for that particular category for those of you that maybe this is the first episode you listen to I'm offering an excel spreadsheet with all this set up so the only thing you need to do is plug in some numbers You put in your budget number, which would be the average of what you're spending. Or if you pay the same amount every month, it'd be the actual amount that you actually spend every month as your budget. Then as you go through the month, you put in your actual numbers what happened. If you know what it is beforehand, you could put it in an advance. Such as your paycheck is always the same. You can put in your paycheck for the week ahead. If you know all the expenses coming up and they're always the same or close, you can put in your numbers as actual and you can see if you have the money to pay for everything for that particular period. And then on my spreadsheet, I also have credit card debt. Why is credit card, it's really, I'm calling it credit card debt, but it could be all loans and debt. If you have multiple credit cards, you need to know the balance, the monthly minimum payment, how much you charge for that particular month, which then is your ending balance, and you also should know the rate of interest you're paying. In my spreadsheet, I have all that laid out for you and you can sort them out 
do a sort if you know anything about spreadsheets and rate the highest car interest rate first and down so now you have an order of which ones you need to pay off first that's using the avalanche method all your insurance expense is under the category that it applies to so homeowners insurance is under housing auto insurance is under transportation uh, life insurance would be under daily living or it could be under miscellaneous if your health insurance is being inducted from your paycheck there's no need to keep track of it because you're only entering your income the amount is deposited into your checking account. So you're not making another payment for health insurance. If you have another form of insurance for health-related expenses, then you would need to put that under miscellaneous or daily living expenses, wherever you feel it should go. I've already talked about housing and the percent of income it should be applied. I said it should not exceed 43% of your income. That's your gross pay before taxes and any other deductions. I want to just stress that point. But in reality, if you are living in an apartment, and you're looking at purchasing your first home or upgrading to a home, your mortgage principal and interest payment for your mortgage should not be more than 30% of your income. It really should be closer to 25% because when you add in utilities and everything else and insurance, and repairs and maintenance then that's going to bump that percentage up when you look at that particular category my spreadsheet does not have any percentages but you know what i'm going to add it to it i'm going to put percentage of percent of income in there and i'm going to apply it to the actual amount and we're going to come up with a number so you can just glance at it and know what percent of your income is housing, transportation, your credit cards, etc. If you want to do it a different way, you can. But this is what I feel works the best that gives you some good information down the road, month in and month out. You can have a category and you could call it insurance and you can put all your different types of insurance in there. House, your auto, your, say, extended care, whatever insurance that you are paying for, you could group it under one category. I like to group it under what it relates to, and that's a personal preference. You can do it every way you want. This article kind of gives you... 12 categories they're saying the 12th is other which is miscellaneous they're also include daycare holiday decoration special occasion alimony payments anniversary presents tutoring and private school i'm calling that miscellaneous 
that it's not a any one of them is not a big enough item to have its own category entertainment could and you can also include vacations under in entertainment you can include your daily coffee from starbucks or wherever concert tickets restaurant dining books can all fall under entertainment but it could however you want to do it what they're saying is personal care and hygiene shampoo deodorant toothbrush toothpaste gym memberships shoes why shoes i don't know why not shoes and clothing dry cleaning toiletries laundry detergent cleaning supplies diapers and hay hair care I just don't know why shoes in there. I would include shoes under clothing, but whatever. And then they have a core category called debt, which is what I'm calling credit card debt. It's high interest credit cards, vehicle loans, student loans, personal loans, and medical bills. I'm putting the car loans under each auto, under transportation, and I'm putting the mortgage under housing. So other than those two items... Everything else is fine. So it'd be credit cards, student loans, personal loans, medical bills. Now, they're saying medical bills because medical bills is generally not a loan. But you do not have to pay your medical bills with a credit card. So what I always done is pay the provider directly. And if you can't pay the full amount, call them up. And set up a payment plan with that particular provider. Now, if you have a lot of medical issues and you're in the hospital for an extended period of time, you may have multiple providers that you're making payments on. And they're, you know, they work with you. And the good part is they will not charge you interest. So you can make payments. You'll make headway and it'll go away a lot faster than you think. If you put it on a credit card, then you have to pay that interest and it'll take you a lot longer. So I recommend do not pay any medical bills with a credit card. Either pay it in cash or use your debit card and come right out of your checking account. Retirement could be a multiple item and they have a retirement category. It's employer-sponsored retirement plan, and that would be your share of it would be automatically deducted from your pay. That could be a 401k if you work for a for-profit, a 403b, which I believe is a nonprofit, a Roth IRA, which is what you would do on your own, a 457b, which I have no clue what that would be, but if you work in that industry and then if it's a profit or non-profit a government or a non-government is these different plans which are all pretty much the same now for retirement you should be making the minimum contribution of what your employer is going to match if they don't match anything you should do at least one percent the younger you are the sooner you start and the more consistent you are throughout your entire career working or in your entire working life you will end up retiring with more money and possibly having more money than when you were working it's not uncommon if you start out with five bucks a pay and increase it to ten bucks a pay and then twenty five dollars a pay 
over time, even though you cannot think you afford it, it will grow and compound and be worth a lot more than what you think. And then we have savings. You need to have an emergency fund. You need a health savings account. Maybe you have a health savings account through work. You need to say put money aside for vacations. And emergency funds should be three to six months of your expense. And then saving for whatever, whether it's a vehicle, college, vacation, wedding, buying a home, or saving up before you have your first child. And we have health care, which I don't really budget for it because I don't know. And it's generally, most of it's covered by my health insurance. So I can throw that under miscellaneous. So if this article is good, if you want to refer to it, go ahead. It's the credit.com 12 top budget categories. But I've got, let me see, one, two. Six. I got it broken from 12 into six categories. So I don't have a category for insurance because I'm putting that under each individual category that it belongs to. Same way with debt. If it's a mortgage, it goes housing. If it's an auto loan, it goes transportation. And then everything else goes on what I call credit card payments. Then we've got daily living expenses. Then we have entertainment. And if you can't find any place else to put it, Goes under miscellaneous. Okay, so your transportation should not exceed 10%, 10 to 12% of your um, gross pay. Let's just say monthly. Your li- living expenses should be around 5%. Your entertainment should be around 5%. And miscellaneous should be 5% or less. And your credit cards should be 10 to 15%. And the remainder of everything else should be around your savings account put directly in your savings i don't have a category called savings because that's going to be under the bank accounts which then i have my checking account and then i have emergency fund you know it's the same bank it's one account but i got it broken down for my purposes as an emergency fund or auto repairs or used for home improvements It's one balance, one savings account. I'm just breaking it up on how I want to use the money sometime in the future. And then I have a high yield savings, which is going to pay a lot more interest than than at your local bank. The other article that I have is from Chime.com. Recommend budget categories percentages. And what they're basically talking about in this article is the 50-30-20 budget. The Chime.com percentages are referring to 50% of your income towards living and necessities, 30% towards wants, and 20% towards debt and savings. If you're behind or if your debt got out of control, your wants needs to go down and your debt needs to go up percentage. And that's what they're really talking about. The percentages I'm giving you are percentages that you should strive for as you learn more about your particular budget 
as you try to save more, as you try to get your debt under control, these are the percentages you should strive for. Now, if you already have a mortgage and it's 40% of your income, it's going to be difficult to reduce that unless you've had it for years and it's a higher rate of interest and you can refinance a lesser amount at a lower rate of interest and you can get it maybe reduced from 40% of your income down to 35%. And if you hadn't done that, you should do it right away. But if it's the other way, if it's 40% of your income and you have only had the loan a short period of time, say two or three years, and you have a low rate of interest, say 3%, refinancing to a higher rate interest is not going to help you because you're not, you don't have that much of your principal paid down. So you got to hang tight. And that second case, you probably should be looking for ways to increase your income to help that percentage. So overall on housing, if you're using my spreadsheet, which includes everything, if you try to keep your mortgage, which it should include your mortgage, principal interest, real estate taxes, insurance, if you can keep that somewhere around 30 to 32%, you'd be doing good. And everything else included in there, under 40%. Your transportation should be somewhere around 12%. That would include the loans, insurance, and gas and repairs or maintenance costs on all your automobiles. So unless, you know, so we're using up a lot of money. So we're at 40 and 12, that's 52%. Credit card debt, 20%. So that would give you around 72%. And then the remaining amount is going to be your daily living, your entertainment, your miscellaneous, and your savings. You should strive to do 10% for savings, no matter how much debt you have. And then trim away at other things you're spending money on to try to get your percentages in line so that you know you're going to be fine. If you're in the process of looking for a new home, that is the time you need to figure out what you really can afford. That's the time to figure out your budget. Even if you just guesstimate what the utilities are going to be, even if you just guesstimate all your expenses, you have a general idea of what you'd be able to afford. So if you can buy a home that's only going to... The mortgage, you know, the mortgage payment with taxes and insurance is only going to be around 28% of your income. You're going to be doing a whole lot better than if that number is 38%. Now, the closer to 40% you get, the more you're going to struggle to pay for other things in life. So plan ahead, know what you're getting into, understand what you're getting into, and the better you can do it, the better off you can be. Same way for your transportation. If your transportation cost becomes 30% of your income, either you have 
a car you can't afford or two cars you can't afford. You got maybe too much debt on those automobiles. You hadn't, you don't have any equity. Well, you never really have equity in an automobile because it depreciates. It reduces its value, goes down over time as you rack up the miles. So that may be an indication of where you can trim back your budget. Maybe you can sell one of those cars and pay off the loan and you save up some money and you buy a good used car that you can either pay cash for or have a lot smaller loan on that you can pay off quicker and it would free up more money within your budget and in your life to help you get rid of other credit card debt percentages that I've given you or what I've found in the past and what I remember the power of budgeting is quite possible to save more than $14,000 annually on a $40,000 salary with the aggressive recommending budgets percentages above Yet, regardless of whether you prefer an aggressive, basic, or other type of budget, breaking up your spending categories by percentages is powerful. It shows you exactly where your money is going and how much your income is used for certain expenses. So that's in Chime.com. And I happen to agree with all that. They are 100% correct. I'll be back in one moment with my final thoughts. If you listen to this podcast, Reduce Debt, Increase Wealth on an Apple device, scroll through all the episodes towards the bottom and you can select write a review and leave your comments and you can rate this podcast. I appreciate all feedback and I thank you for your time in doing so. Knowing your budgeted dollar amounts and percentages by category will help you identify your spending problems and help you in the future so you'll be able to make changes as you go through life. At the end of this episode, I was talking about guesstimating expenses. And I was referring to you're planning on buying a home it was guesstimating your future expenses. So a budget not only can help you look in the past to see where your problems are and keep currently to help prevent you from falling into those problems, but it also can be used to project the future to see what your budget or finances will look like if you buy that new home. That's what I was referring to when I talk about making guesstimate. We're talking about creating a future budget to see what your finances look like if you would purchase a home at that particular price. Knowing and keeping track of your spending is the most important thing you can do, whether you're trying to pay off credit card debt or increase your savings for whatever reasons. Knowing your budget numbers and knowing the percentage as it relates to your income 
will help you achieve whatever goals you're trying to reach.